Putsi Meki has been away from her home for over 50 years. Home is Portaka on the East Coast. As a teacher, Putsi has taught for many years. She used to sit on the judging panel at the National Māori Performing Arts Festival, what is known today as Te Matatini. Today, her skills can be seen as she performs alongside Komatua Kapahaka Group, Ngāti Puneke. In 2008, she received a Queen's Service Medal for her contribution to Māori Performing Arts. Putsi was a keynote speaker at this year's Ngata Memorial Lectures, where she talked about the Waiata of Ngāti Parau, harking back to the day of well-known composers, including the work of Ta Apirana Ngata. You could say that the love of Waiata came easily for Putsi Meki. There are her kaumatua, for starters, and those she grew up with. I visited Putsi at her Wellington home. Ko Putsi Meki taku ingoa, taku ingoa takakau um, ko Makrati, uh, koera te ingoa Māori, uh, pai ana ki Aotira ingoa, uh, karekau ko te ingoa Pākehā. I grew up in Pōtaka, uh, which is the most furthest part of Ngāti Prao, and Te Araroa and Whangapraoa, and those places I hold dearly because that's where I grew up as a very young child. Mm. And obviously you're one of the, well, I think I was told 12,000 Ngāti Porotaura here who reside in Wellington. That's right, that's right. How long have you been in the big I city? have been here since 1954 because I came here as a young girl just turning 12 to go to Wellington Girls College. My nan married into the Kōnia whānau, uh, Rupuha Kōnia's son, from Aotearoa, and Rupuha married a koa from Tehoro, which are my ties on my mother's side, and my dad's are from Rotoria. My grandmother, whom I'm named after, a koe. And uh, I guess from that point of view, I may have liked singing and all that because my uh, great great-grandfather, Timoti Koe, um, composed the waiata for his two children. And my um, great-great-grandmother, on Rupuha Kornia's side, uh, Hine Tapirangi, also composed waiata that are recorded in Ngamuatete. So that's mm. an area that I do like, is the Ngamuatete section. And I think that really came about because we were brought up in a Ringatū family, and it was a familiar sound uh, to us just growing up because I mean, the sound of the motiatia, yes, having yes. no, having one, one particular sound, exactly. no harmonising or anything. And that I think, uh, while you're young, I think you think to yourself, "Oh gosh, I'm not. I don't want to hear that again." But as you get older and you come away from home, it really endears you back to wanting to have all that again. And mm. I guess that that was the stability of my own life, being brought up in the Ringatū Hāi as a very, as far back as I can remember, really, um, through uh, there with the old man, our Papa Kroa, Paura Tōtoro. He took the Ringatū services at Te Araroa and around Pōtaka, along with Puaha Puketapu. So they were quite involved, and they worked around to Horikitsi, around the other side, when we lived in Pangaprawa, that's Cape Runaway. Wow, 
Well, so what you've just kind of really, what we've just talked about really is the the very strong whakapapa links. How does that meld into what you um, grew up with in terms of, you just mentioned motiatea, kapahaka. Was that in the house when you were growing up in Potaka? Well, the motete, believe it or not, just stayed there. I didn't even know they had uh, composed this stuff till years later. Um, a cousin of mine happened to to show me the whakapapa, and he said, oh, did you know our ancestress was this person? <laughs> Funnily enough, an auntie of ours, she really loved singing all that, and I used to think, oh, golly, <coughs> what a drag. <laughs> but uh, then I thought of the nannies who used to love singing them too. So it was something, I think, that you don't think about or talk about because it's already there and it's happening. Because you wouldn't have had a, um, a concept, I'm assuming, of the kupu and the meaning. Kau, kau, yeah, because it's, it's not, um, it wasn't something that we were forced into doing. And when I look at kapahaka, mm. uh, it wasn't something that was forced onto it. We actually learned that at school. And strangely enough, uh, my first Māori teacher was um, the wife of the late Sir John Bennett. But we didn't have any Māori singing there. Uh, most of it was in English. And then at Tararoa, we had a, a lady, um, Parks. She was partly from down south and from Nuhaka, but she married a Pāneri from Nuhaka. And she taught us things like... Um, Mm. But it wasn't until we were at Cape Runaway we got a new teacher called Nookie Williams. Nookie Williams was married to Violet Hadfield and Violet was a founding member of Hokopetuatu. And Tweeny Ngawa. That's right. And from there, we learned from Nuki several several um, waiata aringa. And at the time, before just before our time, uh, Tuiningawe was going around teaching at the schools, and we were just very fortunate to have had Nuki take us for that. And we had concerts at um, our Whangaparaa School, Cape Runaway. Um, about twice a year, and we'd learn all the Twining Awe songs, and we'd learn one of Hinare Waitos, which was called Aneira Te Kura, oh, Gliding oh, so, Through the Meadow. Oh, so Hinare Waito wrote Aneira Te Kura. Yes, he did, and he wrote that, I understand, for the children at the Tiki Tiki School called Pai Oteriri. At this year's um, Ngata Memorial Lectures, uh, Puta, you presented uh, a paper uh, about uh, Waiata Aringa. How long have you taught um, Kapahaka and, and that Momo Mahiarehia? 
Um, way back in 1976, I also taught uh, Waiata uh to members of a Ngao Ngāti Pōneke club. Mm. But I think the one of the main issues was the fact that Ngata came here in the early... Well, he was a... He was a parliamentarian, and he was here when uh, many other Māori came to Wellington. He composed songs, which a lot of Māori were singing when they came here. And he also started the composing and had the songs when he went around for the soldiers' welfare uh, all over the country using these songs. But more importantly... He started teaching a group of people that were building Manukorohi Marae, doing the carvings in the Tukutuku mm. in Wellington. And in 1935, he had a group of people, men and women, all the carvers and the Tukutuku women, taught them Waiata Aringa because they had to do fundraising. And they had a large concert in Wellington called the Ngāti Pōneke Concert Group. Are some of those waiata still around? Oh, yes, very much so. Very much so because he taught um, many of the songs that Ngāti Pōneke learned today. Yes. In actual fact, he has one, there is one lady left from that group. She's 98. It's Lydia Utuku, the lady that we had the guest. The guest speaker. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We had her at the... Um, at the Nutter Lectures. composers and their influence upon traditional waiata. We've mentioned Hinare, Waitoa, Apirana, Ta Apirana Ngata. Um, what do you think the le- is the legacy that these amazing composers left? I mean, obviously the legacy is that their waiata is still being sung. I think it's the legacy that their waiata are being sung, but the legacy is the real that they used, which is familiar to all those people that grew up in Ngāti Pro. For example, where I grew up, uh, Pare Herewini, uh, we called him Polly Deluxe, he, called the, he drove the bus, he composed <laughs> songs. Then you come along to Tiki Tiki, these are the ones I know when I grew up. Then there was Nanny uh, Tweeny from my other part of our Koa family. Um, and then... You know, and later on, there was Twining Awe, Arnold Reedy, and all those people. And the reel they use was Ngāti Pro reel. And I think it was the simplicity of the language used that we still use today, which is easy to sing. I think that really is a catch thing. If a song is easy to sing, you'll maintain it for a long, long time. And I'm just recalling... In competitions, we, Ngāti Pōneke was in the very first national competitions. And I'll tell you now, blowed if I know what the entry was, recall it. I can remember the, the uh, Waiata Terapies and I can remember the poi. The language has continued. When you have a look at composers like Ngāta, 
a tomoana, a twining away, all the ngoi uh, peparangi, hinare waito, all their songs are being sung. Why? I think we have to ask the question why. And I think it, it's the meaning also in the songs that really hold, like Ngata composed um, Hekainga Tupu Home Sweet Home in Māori in 1909. And one of wow. the things was I always thought that it came from Tauroa because Howard Morrison and his mum used to sing it a lot. But after I did a few investigations and I wanted to teach the Ngata series of Waiata, I discovered that Ngata composed it in 1909 while he and Horne Hika used to sit at the back. They were back benches at the time. And they, right. used to, and they used to compose all these songs. And in Hekainga Tupu, he must have written it because he was homesick for his people and he talked about it. And you can actually relate that same song to yourself today if you were in Wellington. Quite simply So like they're timeless. Mm. And I think what kind of helps as well is, is um, you know, the rangi of the waiata as well. They were adapted, some of them were adapted to popular tunes. Well, it was, and, and that was um, what we did in the lectures. We talked about that. If they weren't, I think it may have, may have made a lot of difference. And having the, using those tunes of the day, mm-hmm. um, they went on forever. You, there's Tweening Awa, there's uh, Hinare Waito, and there's um, Nata, and then there's also Fanny Rose, you know, from um, that Hine E Hine. Oh, yes. Fano Arua Taupere, from that in Fano Apanui. Tēnā koe e putzi, nei rā te mihi mai oha ki a koe.